Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Welcome to Late Night Talks. So great to be in this room with you tonight. I hope you are well and tapping into your spiritual side, expanding your mind with knowledge and tuning into your health. So we're going to just dive right into the topic tonight. I know I recently did an episode on open relationships, but infidelity is completely different, right? It's all about secrets, lies, and deception. Adultery It's the plot to so many movies or TV shows and soap operas. I just watched a French movie the other night. That's kind of why I decided to talk about this tonight. It was called Till September, based in like the 70s or the 80s. It was an older movie. I think what makes it exciting for people who involve themselves in this type of behavior is the excitement. It's the sneaking around. That's the high they get, the adrenaline, just as we did when we were kids, doing everything and everything in our power to not get caught by our parents, right? Infidelity is pretty common in the world of relationships and marriages today. It's it's becoming increasingly more popular with the opportunities that the internet offers, right? I mean, there's some software out there. There's messaging apps where you can have secret conversations where the conversation will disappear. You can hide apps on your phone. So this is crazy, but this is now the world we are living in. With this line of work that I do, many people confide in me and they confess their deepest secrets to me. But I never expose what these secrets are. And I lock them away deep inside. Everything is confidential. But I will say one thing is this topic is a very common theme for people. So tonight, I would like to cover what really defines infidelity anyway, because everyone has their different opinions on how far, what's the the boundary to cheating, right? And what types of infidelity are there? There's different types. And then there's some common reasons why both men and women might seek outside attention. We're also going to cover some interesting factors that can likely lead to infidelity and much more. So I hope you stick around till the end. I do want to say that if it pains you to listen to my slow speaking voice (laughs) or my slow pace, my slow tone, I always like to remind people you can listen to these podcasts on like full speed and a half an hour podcast can be laid out in 10 minutes. If you put it on full speed, you'll get all the information. And when you do that, it sounds like I'm talking at a normal pace. (laughs) Just an option for you. There's your solution. Okay, so let's get into this. Infidelity or cheating basically refers to betraying your relationship by participating in a behavior that violates their trust, right? 
And when a couple's in love, finding out that one partner has been maybe unfaithful, this can be extremely upsetting and hurtful to not just one party, but both parties, well-being and health. But what implies to cheating and what types of infidelity are there? For some people, this can look like intense flirting, maybe leading to a romance at work or making an emotional connection with someone, having physical sexual encounters, phone sex, sexting, emailing, maybe graphic images, and watching live cam porn. These are all examples of behaviors that have become more common as ways to cheat since the internet and cell phones came along. What about just an innocent kiss or touching or holding hands? Would you consider that cheating? And now some men are married men, heterosexual men are admitting to having sex with other guys. And they don't consider this cheating because it's just the experience of sex that they can't have with their wives. So they claim to still love their wives. It's simply just a sexual experience, but this is a topic for a whole nother day, but yes. Now, Obviously, some people can see that completely different, and that's why everybody has their own perspective on, you know, what is considered cheating. So there's different labels to various situations, right? There's emotional affairs, there's the physical affairs, like we talked about the conflict avoidant affairs, internet affairs, there's the affairs with the double life, um, there's affairs that involve sex addiction. So these all take place for their own different reasons. It's easier for the one deceiving to maybe justify the reasoning behind this behavior, right? But as soon as they think about their partner behaving the same way towards them, that changes things they all of a sudden may have a problem with that. Not always, not always, but a majority of the time, and I'm talking men and women. According to the results, the most common reason for divorce is actually from lack of commitment, which is basically, I think, 75% of the time, and infidelity, which is just about at 60%. So why so much deception? as humans, is it really natural for us to be monogamous? I mean, if it were innately in us, would there be so much cheating going on? It's estimated that there's 5,400 species of mammals in the world, including humans, yet only about, I think it's three to 5% of those species are known to have lifelong monogamous bonds. And Some of these species are known as the wolves, bats, foxes, otters, and beavers. However, however, even members of the animal kingdom are known to engage in flings from time to time. (laughs) So this is especially true for the alpha male wolves. 
really in the event that maybe their mate is unable to reproduce sexually or they might pass away, the alpha will quickly go and pursue other uh, mates in order to fulfill his needs. And females will do the same thing. A female can choose a good provider as a mate, but they may remain hunting for other males for better genes to create a better offspring. And in the animal kingdom, reliance on a single male is very dangerous, right? If one mate were to maybe, it's just like the wolf, get injured, disappear, or die, an animal's reproductive success would basically decline permanently if they don't have another mate lined up. The reason that some animals live in exclusive pairs and still engage in flings on the side, (laughs) it's just funny to say that, it seems to be related to, obviously, the parental care of their offspring. And maybe this is the same story for humans. Evolution seems to support promiscuity, right? Sexual monogamy of having one mate for life is very rare. Humans are now obviously predominantly monogamous. I know things are starting to change in society and people are becoming a little bit more open, but most people are pretty rooted in their morals of monogamy. But this has really only been the norm for about the last thousand years. According to researchers at the University College of London, monogamy evolved so that the males could protect their infants from other males in ancestral groups who might um, kill them in order to mate with their mothers. And what about religion? particularly the Christian religion. Although the Old Testament may depict polygamy among God's followers, in every biblical account of men having multiple wives, there's always, always a conflict. (laughs) And I can understand why. Most Christian denominations have always rejected the idea of polygamy and advocated for monogamy. So let's move on and find out how common infidelity is. Actually, out of all of the types of infidelity, emotional affairs are the more frequent than any other type of infidelity. And it's actually done more by women than it is by men. 90% of women have emotional affairs and 77% of men have emotional affairs. 53% of women and 72% of men have one night stands. About 40% of women engage in cyber sex and only 30% of men engage in cyber sex. 13% of women had a sexual affair compared to 20% of men. Infidelity basically occurs about 30 to 40% of the time in unmarried couples. Infidelity affects about 18 to 20% of married couples. In the UK, I think it was about 36% of people admitted to engaging in infidelity, and then 70% of Americans engage in some form of infidelity. Again, everyone's definition of infidelity is different, I guess. I don't know. But why 
are people sneaking around and having these affairs? That's, that's the big question. Why is it all happening? I think for one, you know, in a romantic relationship, maybe having the experience of being neglected, maybe misunderstood or overlooked, this can be reason enough. You know, if a person's under the impression that their spouse or their partner doesn't want to spend time with them or they don't value them, then someone can go and establish a friendship or a connection with someone else who can provide them with a greater degree of emotional investment and support. I mean, this is very typical. Sorry, my voice is really fading out here. But this is why it's so important to be attentive and present and vulnerable in our personal relationships to go really deep. There's so much emotional discontent within couples, both men and women. And I feel like we should never get too comfortable in a relationship, meaning you got them. Now you just stop trying. And I think that that's where a lot of relationships begin to fail. We should always work on it, right? We're always, not that relationship should be like a job, but you kind of have to work. It's just like we work on ourselves every day, right? Or, you know, people that do every day you're trying to better yourself. And we kind of should be bringing that into our relationships as well. The problem is if, if we don't do these things, if we're not attentive and available and involved and really committed and dedicated, we may be very surprised to find that our partner may be cheated on us to find attention elsewhere. You know, infidelity happens. It happens when we're not touching, when we're not communicating, when we're not going on dates, when things get boring and stale or if the sex is routine, and it isn't always about the sex. I mean, stress, people just, you know, are feeling stressed. So they go outside of the relationship. There may be a history of sexual abuse and they maybe feel the need to go outside the relationship. Maybe they have a lack of a desire to be with their partner anymore. They're not sexually attracted to them. You know, there's also people with sexual dysfunctions that they have with their partner, but they might not have it with someone else. Again, boredom, insecurity. Some people just feel insecure about themselves and they need that affirmation or, or desiring that thrill, right? To, to seek outside of the relationship. It's the accumulation of a series of phases described by Dr. John Gottman. Remember, I I talked about him in one of my episodes. I think it was about the sexless marriage. If I'm correct, I forget. But Dr. Gottman, Dr. Carol Rusbolt, and Dr. Shirley Glass, they share that the inability to rely on a spouse and maybe times of need, this leads to negative judgments, emotional distancing, and betrayal. And if not, it kind of ends the love as well. The Gottman Rustbolt Glass Cascade outlines the 24 steps to betrayal. Now, I'm not going to talk about all 24. I'm going to give you a brief rundown of what they look like in three easy steps. So basically, from steps from one to eight, when 
you start to turn away from your partner emotionally, physically, there's increased conflict. There's, uh, when the secrets start and the dishonesty becomes more prevalent in steps nine through 19, this is when people will start to depend less on the primary connection to meet their needs. This is when they'll start to make uh, comparisons. My lover is so much better at this than my spouse, or they might start putting down their spouse or their partner in front of other people. And that story of us becomes more negative. Just feelings against the relationship starts to come up. And then the steps 20 to 24, this is when people start to alleviate their loneliness. They begin those harmless get togethers with another person or other people. They keep more secrets from their relationship and they basically aggressively will start to seek out other people to fulfill their needs, you know, and that's when the real betrayal occurs when boundaries are broken. I did find some other interesting facts that I would like to share that I came across. Now, Tony Coleman, a psychotherapist and a relationship coach says that money work social status, and even the social circles all affect how likely someone is to cheat. So any of these things or a combination of them can lead to adultery. But when you have someone that is very, has a very strong personality, maybe strong morals, a simpler lifestyle, maybe a smaller social network, or Somebody that's really happy with their main relationship is unlikely to, to even think about cheating. Another one is, and we've talked about this in the past, this <laughs> is really strange, but again, it's that ring finger. Researchers at Oxford, this is true, <laughs> they found a link between the length of the ring finger and cheating. So longer ring fingers are a sign that the baby was exposed to more testosterone, like we talked about while they were in the womb. And the higher levels of testosterone are linked to sexual promiscuity as an adult. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) This isn't always true. So don't start freaking out, but it is something to think about. Another one is Tina Tassina she's a psychotherapist, she shares the fact that if you've grown up in a home where there's been betrayal or where there's been adultery, you're more likely to cheat and choose relationships that are not honest. And sometimes a partner will cheat because they're afraid of being cheated on. Another interesting fact is people who are more dependent they are more likely to betray because they're they're in need of more affirmation than a long-term relationship can supply for them. Because long-term relationships, they involve work. And people, especially the dependent types, they're eager for attention from someone outside of the relationship. They're not really too willing to, I guess, put in the work. According to a study that was published in Evolution and Human Behavior, infidelity is also linked to having less oxytocin and 
vasopressin receptors in the brain. So these people who have less of these are more likely to have a physical affair over an emotional affair. And also there's those who have maybe trouble controlling their impulses. This, this can be people with ADHD because ADHD can cause a lot of boredom in people or, or others with a traumatic brain injury, right? They're more likely to cheat because they can't resist that temptation. Again, none of these are set in stone. These are just some ideas that could cause um, infidelity. So how do you know if your partner's cheating on you? Some signs to look for would be if your partner's disconnected from the relationship, basically when they're distracted and they're not giving you attention, that's a red flag. Maybe being on their phone all the time, more on their phone than they are present with you, red flag. They might not invite you out with their friends and maybe you were once invited out, but now you're not red flag. (laughs) The phone is on silent. They guard their phone with their life. They take the phone in the bathroom with them. Red flag. Maybe they don't post pictures of you on social media. You know why? Red flag. They might start working longer hours and they might start avoiding your phone calls when they're out and about whatever they're doing. They may start to avoid your social life and your friends. She may have more of an attitude with you more frequently than she ever used to. Another one is if you're both home at night or whenever you're home together and she might be off in her own space or in her own room and not really involved with what you're doing, I would say that that's a red flag. You might not hear the words, I love you as often as you used to. There might be a lack of intimacy and that emotional distance. They might start to dress nicer and look nicer when they are leaving the house, which could be a little suspicious. And they might start to pick up different hobbies just to get away. Now, it's always important to not falsely accuse someone. This does not mean these, these things that I share with it doesn't mean that someone's having an affair. It's just red flags to look for. It's best to just confront them, have a conversation, a regulated, calm conversation about the situation without anger, try and breathe through it and sit down and talk about the problem. Lastly, let's look at the effects that betrayal imprints upon us. Sorry, I'm starting to lose my voice, but we are almost done. So being cheated on is something that can have a negative impact on our self-esteem or our self-worth as well as as really how we treat others because it builds up anger and resentment and hurt and and this may manifest itself in how we interact with other people right and once you've been cheated on you'll begin to have major trust issues you might start finding yourself comparing yourself to other people. Or you might want to seek revenge. Or you may just feel like you're more guarded when it comes to interacting with people. This is what happens when you've been cheated on. And because 
love causes your brain to produce that dopamine, right? And it makes you feel so good. This is when love can almost sometimes feel like an addiction to the brain. And as a result, that rejection that's caused by cheating, this might trigger brain alterations comparable to those seen in withdrawal of people with drug and alcohol abuse. So really rejection may alter the way that your brain functions in both short and long term because it might disrupt the circuits of the brain that cause those neurotransmitters to be released. So can infidelity cause mental illness when a relationship shatters from someone having an affair? This can result in symptoms similar to that of post-traumatic stress disorder. And sometimes this is never present in a person until they go through an experience like this. You know, some of the most common signs are flashbacks or nightmares, or maybe being obsessed by the event taking place. And then you can become overly alert, like too cautious. And you're responding to to what you perceive to be danger to yourself or your relationships. Like you're always on alert. And this can cause you to, to not sleep properly and not eat properly. When men are cheated on, they can also experience all that I've already shared here. But they also can experience high anxiety. They might fall into a severe depression. They may lack energy ambition and will. And again, a lot of times I think women, because they can express their emotions, they can get over it sooner than males can, but males kind of suppress all that in. And that's kind of, it can be a little bit harder for a man to get over this. Let's just be honest, infidelity in a relationship it's going to cause damage regardless of who you are, or it can cause damage regardless of who you are. Now, one study looked at how men and women respond differently to infidelity. And it was funny because women were more offended by emotional affairs, even though they were the ones having more of them. (laughs) And men were more upset about the the physical affairs. What about when the children are involved? Along with the couples, oftentimes they'll have children involved. And this too can have a rippling effect on the child. And if a child finds out that one parent has cheated on the other, they're most likely going to choose the side and find trust in the parent who was cheated on. They will often feel very cheated themselves along with having a sense of anxiousness, confusion, abandonment, and loneliness. You know, it has a detrimental emotional impact on the cheater as well. When they consider how their actions affect other people that they love and why they cheated in the first place, they're going to also experience anxiety, guilt, humiliation, fear, maybe remorse, uncertainty, embarrassment, and I think self-loathing. After having an affair, about 68% of men feel guilty. 
And most unfaithful men feel bad and exhibit that remorse in their actions, even if they might not reveal that to their partner. And they might not choose to confess for different reasons. You know, maybe they don't want to lose their family or they're afraid that their partner is going to leave them or maybe they have children and they're going to have to pay child support if they leave. Maybe they just don't want to hurt their partner. Maybe they're in love with their partner still, but they're not getting the sexual needs met or their emotional needs met. Some people are just afraid to be honest and others, they just kind of want to keep it a secret for their own selfish reasons or because they just love that high of sneaking around. Some marriages, they don't survive adultery for whatever reason. You know, relationships are likely to dissolve if there's a betrayal too painful, especially for the one that was cheated on, or if both parties really aren't willing to repair the damage. And after infidelity, the most painful part is, I guess, deciding that the relationship can't be saved. But it's a very important decision. And everyone has their right to heal at their own pace. And if an unfaithful relationship really can't be kept healthy, this is probably best to lead in a breakup. But there are some people out there that can get past this and it does take a lot of work. It takes a lot of willingness from both sides to make it work and a lot of patience with inevitable bumps along the way, but it's very, very possible. Sometimes it can actually even make the relationship better. So there are some ways to salvage a relationship after infidelity. First, it's important to always check in with your emotions and do that introspection about how you're feeling. You know, then you want to look at the root of maybe why the infidelity happened to begin with. Really take inventory and be honest about the relationship and the behaviors of both people. Everybody has to take their own responsibility and accountability for their part as well. Communication and you have to be honest and really start to spend time with your partner. Forgiveness doesn't really have to come quickly, you know, but if you see that your partner is really trying Maybe give them a chance to reconcile and take ownership for their actions. You know, building trust takes time. Both people should be involved in that process. If your spouse is willing to open up, be raw about their emotions and what they did, just listen. And listening is very crucial, regardless of being on either side. But the ability to to be loyal really vastly depends on the individual. Cheating is always a choice. And that choice is yours. But one thing I always advise is to consider all the parties involved. 
and how one's actions will not only affect them, but it's going to affect the others as well. So I must go. My voice is fading. This is all I have for you tonight. I hope that you have an amazing week ahead. And I look forward to coming back next week. Bye, guys.